Hello and welcome to I Talk to Ghosts, the podcast that knows how to start out the new year with a spooky bang. I'm your spirited host, Jennifer, a professional medium and someone who completely adores telling ghost stories. Happy New Year, my spooky friends. Did I mention coming in with a bang? How about some strange ghostly knocks? (laughs) I have some stories for you tonight of ghosts that knock, including one of my own personal stories. Also tonight, I'm going to share my work as a medium with an in-studio spirit reading for my podcast guest of the week. Curious about what a session could be like or what exactly do I mean when I say I'm a medium? Well, I strive to give personal evidence of spirit communication, and every session is different. So check out this episode's reading and see what I mean. Oh, and since it's the new year, what better time to explore a tarot reading? I offer both, not only mediumship, but tarot readings, and you can visit italktoghost.com to learn more about that. Book a session with me. Also tonight, linger around for a message from the spirits that could be specifically for you. But first, are you ready for some spooky? Knock once for yes, right now. Many years ago, I had worked a long weekend and commuted home from Chicago. It was late when I finally arrived home and I was exhausted. I took my luggage and I dropped it inside by the front door. I grabbed a snack and answered a call from a relative. Then I headed straight to the bathroom and drew a hot bubble bath for myself. I shut my curtains before getting into the tub, even though there's nothing but woods behind my home for three miles. I was relaxing in the hot bath when I was jolted alert by a hard banging on my front door. My front door was heavy and made of wood, yet the noise of the knocking was very loud. It boomed and traveled down the halls and through to the closed bathroom door. It continued with an urgent bang I grabbed a towel and feeling annoyed at the rude loud knocking, I thought to myself only my mother would knock so loudly and she's probably not alone so I better get dressed. I quickly got dressed as the knocking continued. I approached the front door, and as I reached for the door handle, the knocking stopped. My hand hovered over the doorknob, and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I felt a cold chill go over me, and a sudden feeling of doom. I pulled my hand away from the door handle and reached up to the door shade to peer out into the night. I still expected to see my mother, but the porch was empty. 
I turned on the light and looked out my driveway. That too was empty. I picked up my phone and called my mother as I peered from my entryway out into the night. I told my mother what had happened as I stood there, looking. As we spoke, behind me, I heard the sound of my hall closet door handle twisting ever so slowly, and I turned to see it swing open. I screamed so loud that my mother yelled over the phone. I calmed down to explain that the closet had just opened on its own. She told me to go look inside. I was about eight feet from the closet. My legs did not want to move. Finally, I was able to look in. It was full of coats and had no real room for a person to be in there. My heart was racing. I was so fearful, I called my neighbor and asked him to drive down and shine his headlights around my house. After inspecting the yard, he concluded that no one was around. Still, I grabbed my suitcases while my neighbor was still in my driveway. I got into my car and left. I had just moved into an old Victorian house on the outskirts of town. I was drawn to its charm and its history. The first few nights were uneventful in my new home, and I began to settle in and become familiar with the creaks and groans of my old new home. One chilly evening, I was jolted awake by a series of rhythmic knocks. Three distinct taps piercing the silence of my bedroom. I lied there for a moment, disoriented and unsure if I had dreamt the knocking sound. Convinced it was just my imagination, I nestled back into my blankets attempting to dismiss the eerie noise. But then, it happened again. Three deliberate knocks. Louder this time. My heart quickened as a chill ran down the back of my neck. There was a cadence to these knocks, as if someone or something was trying to communicate. With trepidation, I got out of bed and tiptoed to my bedroom door. The mysterious sound seemed to be coming from the hallway just outside my bedroom. The knocks persisted, each one echoing like a small drumbeat. As I reached the door, the knocking ceased, leaving in its place an unsettling stillness.
I hesitated for a moment before summoning the courage to open my door. The hallway was dimly lit by the pale glow of the moon filtering through the curtains. Nothing seemed out of place. I took a deep breath, reassuring myself that it must have been the wind or some other ordinary explanation. Just as I was about to return to bed, the knocks resumed, this time echoing from deeper within my house. I followed the sound, my steps hesitant. The knocks led me through the corridors of the old house, growing louder as I advanced in the dark. Eventually, I found myself in front of the door to my soon-to-be library. I hadn't unpacked yet, and I knew the shadows would provide plenty of places to hide among the boxes in there. The door was slightly open. The knocking continued from inside. I took a deep breath and pushed open the door. The room was indeed shrouded in darkness, save for an even darker figure in the corner of the room. As my eyes adjusted to the gloom, I saw the silhouette of a figure in shadow sitting in an old rocking chair. The chair was rocking slowly back and forth catching a loose floorboard beneath it, causing the knocking sound. As soon as I realized the source of the noise, the shadow figure vanished. The stillness of the house now felt especially heavy, as if I was very much being watched. Not knowing what to do, I wasn't going to hang around and investigate or wait for the shadowy figure to return. So, I headed back to the safety of my bedroom. As I lied there in the darkness, I tried to convince myself I wasn't listening for the knocking to return. That it all must have been a half-dream or something. At least the dim light playing tricks on me and my brain had filled in the rest of the details. And then I remembered, I don't own a rocking chair. When I was nine years old, My mom, my younger brother, and I moved into a new house. We knew the last owner somewhat. The owner's mother died in the house, but I didn't know that at the time. Nothing strange happened for a while after we moved in, and at first, my brother and I shared a bedroom together. After a while, though, we both wanted our own room and I kept the room we previously shared because there was a TV, and I enjoyed staying up later and watching my favorite shows. 
When my brother and I got mad at each other, we would do this thing of knocking on the wall to annoy the other one. One night, maybe around midnight, I heard knocking on my wall. It started kind of quietly, and I just ignored it. After a few minutes, usually if I didn't respond when he started, he would give up. But this time, it just got louder and louder. Finally, I decided I was tired of it and started tapping back at him louder than he was. This went on for about a minute or two before I yelled at him to stop. It was late. When I did that, the knocking, that until then seemed to be in one spot, started moving across the wall to his bedroom door. It then started down the hall towards my room. I decided to get up and stand by my door and wait for him, and when he reached me, I was going to scare him. Well, the knocking got closer and closer, and when it got near, I quickly opened my door, and no one was there. He didn't have time to run back to his room or to the end of the hall, and he couldn't have ducked into the bathroom because the bathroom door was open and I could see the whole bathroom. I did go check to see if he was hiding in the shower, but he wasn't. I decided to go into his room, and when I did, he was out like a light, snoring, and seemed to be dead to the world. I even opened his eyelids to be sure, which of course woke him up and made him yell at me. The strange thing is, where the knocking went across the wall in his room, there was this huge dresser. There was no way he could have moved it to get behind it and knock all the way down the wall, like the sound did. This left me completely unsettled. And from that point on, I refused to play the knocking game. Are you enjoying your ghostly visit? If so, please follow, like, comment, and share. The ghosts may be talkative, but they are lousy at marketing, so every click helps. Tell your friends, and please leave a kind review so that others might join us. The Spirits, and I thank you. Hello, and welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. My guest today is Samantha. Samantha, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm very, I say this all the time, but I am excited to meet with you today. I know there are loved ones close to you and they have, they have, oh, yes. Right away, they want to say they see you. They're still here. And it's important for you to know. I don't know if you ever question or kind of doubt, but they're like, yeah, we're still here. We see you. Oh, good. I do. I do. I always hope they're here and mm-hmm. able to see though my kids who they didn't get really to meet and spend yeah. time with. There's a woman coming close and she has a very 
nurturing uh, vibe to her. She's showing me she's your grandmother. Her way about her has this comfort and love and support. I see her stepping in for you and being like, oh, let me do that. Or here, I'll go with you. I'll do this. Kind of very supportive in nature. Very gentle. A gentle person. Yes, not my grandmother. More my godmother. Your godmother. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I knew there were a couple. And uh, it's okay. Go ahead. Continue if you'd like. She would... Always the sweetest. Mm-hmm. Love to take care of us. We would go up yeah. every sun- Saturday for Bible study, and she'd always make us so much food. Oh my gosh! Okay, and yeah. Let, let me stop that. you there. Let me stop you there because uh, church was coming in, and uh, but when asked about it, she's like, "That's where your friends are." You know, yes. um, it was a very friendly community. I was seeing uh, a Bible. Did she have a favorite rosary? My nanny did. My great grandmother. Okay, right. This is, see when I'm like, this is going to be some detective work because I'm I'm seeing all of this and everyone's coming close and it's like, who is what? <laughs> yes, and so, I, I've been thinking about my great grandmother a lot lately. With your great grandmother in church, she's expressing that it kind of opened the world to her like it was a safety net where she was able to move and uh grow does that make sense uh yes she was a first generation polish immigrant she made a lot of friends in her church and they were there for her after my great-grandpa passed he passed before i was born yeah if it it weren't for the church she doesn't know if she would have had the courage um to come across the ocean or be able to um, blossom in a way and and have that um, support around her. And that's just really beautiful to sense. Yes. Yeah. I'm being shown someone kissing you on the cheek and it being kind of loud like they did up, like when they kissed you. (laughs) My godfather. Okay. And it's like, you know, it's like it was never quiet. <laughs> yes. Always the big kiss and his Sammy girl. He's the only one allowed to call me Sammy. I'm hearing radio in the other room. Did someone like to go kind of off and listen to their own thing? Like I need my space and, and kind of listen over here. Or it just wasn't um, part of the whole family when they did it. One of my mom's brothers um, mm-hmm. passed away when I was um, 17. He committed suicide. One of my sons is autistic. And going through this and learning this, I wonder if that uncle had kind of that same thing. where He wanted to be with the family, but he had his own internal struggles mm-hmm. that made mm-hmm. it hard. And he would, he would be down in the basement when we'd go over to my grandma's and he'd be listening to his records. He okay. introduced me to Nirvana. <laughs> When I was a teenager, <laughs> uh, the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying that music was his emotion. Yes, it definitely was. And the emotion could just flow with him when it came to music. And to be able to share it with you uh, was a really precious connection. Mm. Wow, there really are a lot of people here. You know, it's like (laughs) a lot of people are stepping up and kind of in the role, a parental type role with you, very nurturing and and guiding. Um, So it's hard to discern, you know, if if someone says, 
I'm a mother figure to her. And then someone else says, I'm a mother figure to her. It's like, wait, is this the same person? <laughs> uh, yes. You're blessed, though, to have such a, a, a network and a family and the nostalgia uh, that is coming in is lovely as well. But, you know, I, I keep being surprised with, oh, this is another person. And, oh, this is another person. Um, so thanks for bearing with me. Um, no, I, I wish my kids had what I had growing up. Mm. We were raised in a very communal household. Like my, my nanny took care of us. When my parents divorced, my um, uncle Ken moved in with us. Uh-huh. My godparents were always there for us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My, my dad's mom, my grandma taught me to sew and yeah, I miss them all so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was being shown coming over for food on on a certain day of the week, there was a lot of ritual there w- with that. That's my my either my uncle Ken or my grandpa. When we were all in Illinois, we would all come over on Sundays for family dinner, and my dad would cook a big meal. And mm. then he left. Dad moved to Oregon, and <laughs> I moved to Minnesota. And I miss that. He still sends us photos on Sundays. He's like, "Look what we're having for family dinner." I'm seeing um, a favorite chair. It seems like a little bit of a like a recliner or one that would at least rock a little bit, but it was definitely upholstered. My mom's dad, my grandpa, grandpa yeah. Ron, yeah. And they're all here for you. They're like lining up. <laughs> <laughs> um, who had the tools? Who was a bit of a tinkerer? Uh, my dad's dad, my grandpa Stevens. He owned a lot of property and did a lot of maintenance on his house. And then when he retired, he would build um, the model airplanes, but they were ones that he could, like, fly. I'm being shown, um, an, like, an outbuilding. Like, it would seem separate from the house where um, tinkering would go on out there. Does that seem right? Yes. My grandpa had um, a separate garage where he did all of his work. Oh, okay. Maybe it was him. Did your grandpa carry the handkerchief or the rag? Always kind of had it? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay yeah they're they're good with the visuals too grandfather says he had some health challenges but he wanted to keep moving yes yep that would be my dad's dad life wasn't always easy for them and they loved to impart wisdom of the things that they had learned um not in a strict kind of preachy kind of way but like hey this really helped me out and life isn't easy but you know, these are the things that you can learn from it and community can help with and our relationships are important. Yes, that would that would be multiple people I see that coming from because my my great grandma grew up during the Depression. Um, my grandpa and grandma grew up and didn't have a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And my dad comes from a family of seven or eight kids, so. Things would be tight. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and the sense of stepping up. Someone's got to do it. Just do it. Yes. You know, um, not wallowing in it or saying, woe is me. I might as well go. It's more like, nope, time to step up. Time to uh, just, you know, roll up them sleeves and and get to it and not be afraid to, uh, of 
the the harder work of it or you know putting your back into it you know (laughs) elbow grease (laughs) i come from a very military family and yes there was no there was no putting it off you've got to do it it's got to get done it's easier just to it's going to be easier if you just go get it done now and not sit around waiting to go do it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again i don't want to guess because there's just so (laughs) many people a man is showing me how he had a special thing where he would go over to a friend's house um, and they would that friends would gather there like it was kind of their game night or something like that or their little separate thing that they would go do. Yes. After my parents divorced, my dad and a bunch of his friends would go and play Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and they would they would have a game night. Yeah. He's like, those were some late nights. They were, yes. Uh, Let me see. I want to bring this up because it's a strange tale of a life as a medium. I have to start paying attention. As a reading gets closer, uh, last night uh, I went to bed. I I had to get up a couple of times last night. Every time I got up, I walked through smoke in my bedroom. And I smelled it. And it was like someone was standing there. I'd have to walk through it. And when I'd come back to bed, it was still there. And it was like physically like someone was, and I'm like, the reading's not today, um, but you can come back tomorrow. My, my godparents died in a fire. I'm so sorry. My, my, my godfather didn't make it out. My godmother was on life support for Yeah, yeah. They were, they were the ones that hit me the hardest with, with my dad. My dad only calls when someone dies, otherwise he texts. Yeah, yeah. And I jokingly answered the phone, oh God, who died this time? But it was, it was the worst ones. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. They love you so much, and like, that happened quick. I really hoped it they know how you're feeling about this and they're saying it, it was quick. It was nothing, a super difficult thing to go through. And my heart goes out to you, but, um, they're coming through with so many details of their life with you and the wonderful, bright emotions. And I think that, yes, it was major event, but mm-hmm. it doesn't define them. No, it doesn't. That's where we go for um, Bible study on Saturdays. And mm-hmm. all we say, it's just the flesh. When we're gone, yeah. there's still the spirit. It's just the flesh. Absolutely. You know, what they want to say the most is they don't want this to pull you down. Okay. You know, they don't want this to dampen your heart and, and your light. So if you can just feel their love and reset um, just even if it's 10%, you know, we're, we're never a hundred percent. Oh, it's behind us. You know, that's not yeah. how life works. We need to cherish our loved ones, keep them close, but they don't want this to pull you down. Okay. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. Cause, uh, it happened around the holidays. Yeah. And I'm a dog groomer. It's my busiest season. Mm-hmm. And there was a Saturday I was at work right after I found out and I was just, having a really bad day and I was alone. I worked alone on Saturdays and I swear I heard my godfather go, Hey Sammy. 
mm-hmm. right loud in my ear. Yeah. And it it helped. Yeah. That day it really helped. Yeah. It was a really hard day and I knew he was there with me that day. Mm-hmm. Just take that quiet moment, send all that love out of your heart to them and feel them come close. You know, they're, they're always there with you. And they're saying, carry on those traditions. You know, it lives in you now. Yes. There's talk of legacy. Was it your grandfather who really tried to financially help the family? Like because of him, things were perhaps had a little bit more structure financially for people. He, yes. Mm-hmm. So when he passed away, in order to give all the grandkids a, a start, we all received some of the inheritance to oh. to set us up so we would have a better opportunity than he did. Yeah. Yeah. He's bringing, as we talk about, you know, carrying the family forward and everything, he's like, that was so important to him. When we have that financially, we can then focus on the emotional, the other details of life that are so important. Because otherwise it's like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? He really wanted to be able to contribute that so that as an emotional family, as a loving family, as a passionate family, you could continue forward and develop and grow and be strong, be strong. Um, I do have a few messages that I wrote down for you. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, you'll love this. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're saying you're the matriarch now. Yeah. Um, pour love and kindness into your life and to the ones around you. Don't worry. Just do. Just guard against overwhelm. Focus on today and do it with love. You know, if things just seem overwhelming and big, focus on, okay, what's happening right now and how can I love it? Makes sense. I'm the warrior of the family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's understandable. We worry because we care, you know, but go at it with a big heart with love instead of what do I need to worry about? What do I need to worry about? It's like, no, no, no. What do I need to love right now? Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for meeting with me. Your, no, your family, thank you. Your family sounds amazing. I feel like I was invited to a family reunion. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I'm getting to meet everyone. I'm just getting to meet people. And um, so thank you for sharing all this with me. It's, it's so meaningful and important. Same. It's, it's the same here. Thank you so much. Well, before we go, do you have a, a personal ghost story that you'd like to share? I do. Listener ghost story. The one that sticks with me the most is when I first moved to Minnesota with my family. Uh, we rented a, an apartment. And after I had my fourth child, who was a very traumatic birth, he was a C-section, he was breech. I hit a deer and he like crawled up under my rib cage for the rest of the pregnancy and didn't want to leave. Um, And it was a really, I had postpartum depression. It was a very tough time. Mm -hmm. And 
he would sleep in bed with me so that I could just, I know it's not safe, but just so I could sleep. And he oh, lots of people co-sleep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I got up one night and went to the bathroom and I have four kids, two cats and a dog. I don't close my door anymore because it doesn't matter if I do or not. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the light on. And I looked over and I saw somebody just standing over the bed watching the baby. Like, t- take mm-hmm. a minute to yourself. Go use the bathroom. I-, I got the feeling of, I've got this. Yeah. And my, now that my daughter is older and 12, she goes... You know, we had a ghost in that apartment we used to live in. He used to come in my room and just kind of watch over me while I'd sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, there was, he was there. I don't know who he was, but he, he, I think it was probably your Uncle Ken, who you never got yeah. to meet. Yeah. But he was there and he, he watched over all of us and he was very caring and nurturing. He was a nurse and mm-hmm. he's the one I associated with it. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing because there was so much of that energy coming through with multiple people in your family of, Hey, I got this. Let me help. Yeah. Oh, spooky, (laughs) but also really comforting. I love that combination. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Would you like a free spirit reading with me and record your reading for the podcast? Sign up for your chance to be selected by visiting italktoghost.com slash guest. And as an added bonus, if you don't want to leave your reading up to chance, I'll let you in on a secret. There's a discount offer to book a private session with me, so you can book a date and time for certain. Visit italktoghost.com slash guest for more details. I can't wait to meet you. Hello and welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. I have a message from the spirits this evening. So thank you for joining me around my seance table. Tonight, I am going to be working with a scrying mirror. I happen to love working with scrying mirrors as a focal point to ground and center as always. One of the ways I love to use a scrying mirror is having it work as a focal point. You can stare into it, yet relax the eye, and pay attention to your breathing, the moment at hand, and just clear your mind of all things as best you can and be present. Spirit work is about creating that space to let subtle energies come in and communicate with you. Tonight I have somebody's friend. He is coming in very jovial. This was a silly, silly guy, but despite all that laughter and jokingness, he was also a very deep, insightful person, which left you in awe sometimes. 
he was also very dedicated to his work. Meticulous, could stay on task wonderfully, but he never, throughout the time you knew him, lost that spark for laughter and joking and creativity with it. It wasn't just about telling jokes that he heard. The way he approached life and saw things and remarked about things was always with this humor and a real uniqueness for it too. It's very hard to describe. I hope you know what I mean. He's showing me that he enjoyed water sports. I, I think this is windsurfing that I'm seeing. That takes a lot of skill and exercise and stamina. Windsurfing. Yes, yes, it's windsurfing. I tend to not focus so much on how someone died, but this feels like a car accident to me. Unexpected loss. His message for you tonight is he absolutely loves how emotional you are, but he thinks that he says you could really benefit, and he's saying this gently, uh, you could benefit from more mental clarity. Pay attention to how your emotions rule your thoughts and how your thoughts rule your emotions. You're very sharp. He says you're very smart, but be mindful. Just be mindful of what your emotions do to you, how they influence you to think. And also, he's saying to try meditation. And he's also saying, don't roll your eyes at that. You can meditate. A lot of people think that meditation is shutting off your mind completely. That is not true. We can never stop our thinking mind. Meditation is about observing our thoughts and also observing our emotions. You can meditate on both. He's saying that you're someone who hates repetition. Um, I can see where that could kind of come into play here. There's a lot of breath work in meditation, right? And sometimes counting our breath or timing our breath. Um, just try to let go of all of that. It could just really help you. He's seeing this pull with your your heart and your mind. And he just really wants to encourage you to sit with all of that and observe it and know yourself. Okay, I think I'm going to leave it at that. If this message connects for you, please reach out. I would love to know. Thank you. Hello, my dear spooky friend. Do you have a paranormal experience you would like to share? Submit your ghost stories to be read on this podcast. I love sharing true ghost stories and yours could be among them. Email me your story at speaknow at italktoghost.com. Let's be spooky together. Hello everyone, I promised you a personal story tonight about my experience with a knocking entity. 
The current house that I live in, I've been here for about five years now. And when we first moved in, we had a lot of knocking noise experience. Mostly, it would wake me up at night. It would be a series of three knocks, such as... Sometimes it would be more than that. It could be... And sometimes it might be like... It was hard to tell where the knocking was coming from. It also didn't matter what room in the house you were in. And it wasn't just at nighttime while sleeping either. One example of that is I had the flu and I was very sick. Um, I won't get into that part too much, but I was dealing with episodes of vomiting and I was kind of camped out in the bathroom. And, you know, after a while, when you're exhausted, you just kind of lean against the wall and assess Am I good enough to get up, or should I stay here a little bit longer? And while in the bathroom, I heard knocks. And I thought someone was coming to check on me. So I said, yeah, I'm still in here. No answer. So I opened the bathroom door and looked down the hallway and no one was there. I asked everyone who was in the house with me if they had knocked on the bathroom door and they said they hadn't. Now you might say that the knocking noise at night was a bit of hypnagogia. If you're not familiar with that term, that is the notion that the brain can make up noises um, and there's something called exploding head syndrome too where you could wake up to a loud noise or be startled by something that really doesn't exist in the physical world but this knocking would wake up my partner too it wasn't just me and oftentimes we would hear it at the same time whether that's waking us both up or hearing it in the house I've lived in houses before this one, many different houses actually, and never experienced anything like this before. I have nothing to compare it to. The, what started it was living here in this space. I am someone who likes to do cleansing space rituals in my home, and that always helped quiet these events. And now I'm at the point where... I don't hear it anymore in this house. No one does. I think the longer you live in a space, the more you kind of claim it as your own. But also, I really do think that since I've started practicing mediumship, the activity in this house overall has quieted down significantly, if not stopped completely. And I really do think that correlates with my practicing of mediumship over the years. 
And I thought this too, that it would be the complete opposite. You do spirit work, you're going to stir things up and it's going to be more active than ever before. And that is just not the case. And I really do believe that that is because as a medium, I am sending out my energy like a beacon uh, with love to connect for someone here with their loved ones over there and the act of that energy it just helps naturally claim my space around me I'm filling it with love compassion and good intentions and faith and there's just no room for anything stray to linger around also, at the end of medium sessions, I thank the spirits that come and wish them a good farewell. And maybe there's something in that process that kind of ushers everything out the door and goodbye, good luck. <laughs> so that is my personal experience with ghostly knocking. And with that, dear listener, we've reached the end of this episode of I Talk to Ghosts. I hope you've enjoyed all the spirit work that I shared with you this evening, as well as those spooky stories of knocking ghosts. Do you have a similar experience to share? I would love to hear about it. In the meantime, wherever you wander off to, in this world or the next, just remember, come back and visit with me. Have a lovely evening and Good night. If you listen to my podcast, you have to be like me. You love listening to spooky stories. I'm excited to say that Audible is a sponsor of this podcast. Audible storytelling keeps me company no matter what other task I'm doing. And you know what? Listening can also keep my stress at bay because my mind is being drawn into the stories I'm listening to. Sign up and try it now by visiting audibletrial.com ghosts. I'll also have a link for you in my episode description notes that you can click on. Happy spooky reading!